0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. And this is our October Tidbits of Terror episode.
1: Tidbits of Terror. Terror. Tidbits. Tidbits of Terror. Terror. Tidbits. Rawr, 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 rawr,
0: rawr. <laughs> Thank you, MTV Video Music Award winner Carrie Weider, for our Tidbits theme. I mean, seriously, is there nothing this woman can't do? Jeez. Well, guys, it's October, and each passing day means we're one more day closer to Halloween. Yay! Um, Bittersweet to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But it's also very exciting. Um, and what would Tidbits in October be without some Mike Flanagan news? sad. That's what it would be. Then we're going to get a little festive for the holiday season and share some spooky stories. We're going to check in with Sharon for an update on how her annual 31 horror movie marathon is going. And you know what? Let's just dive right in with the Flan Man news. Yeah, I
2: can't really remember the last Tidbits episode that we Did not talk about Mike Flanagan, (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the new Mike Flanagan series that was announced, and it's not the Midnight Club. (laughs) It has been a couple of weeks since this news came out, so you may all be aware about the new series by now, but if you're not, here is the scoop. Flanagan tweeted on October 6th, quote, I'm so excited about this series. It is like nothing else we've ever done More to come very soon, end quote. Cannot wait to hear more details. Um, But the series he's talking about is the Edgar Allan Poe-inspired limited series titled The Fall of the House of Usher. Once again, he is teaming up with Netflix to create this new limited drama. The Fall of the House of Usher is a short story written by Poe and was first published in 1839. It features themes of madness, family, isolation, and identity. We all know that Flanagan is a master at telling stories with all of those themes and also a genius when it comes to adapting books or novellas to the screen. So even though there's no plot details available at this time, there's no doubt in my mind that this will be another heartbreakingly beautiful and also terrifying tale about
0: the human experience, as is Hill House and Bly Manor and Ugh, Midnight Mass. Which I've not yet watched, um, but I'm going to get to it. The only reason I didn't watch it is because I've been at my parents' house and their Kimball went out while I was there. <laughs> you you know what? I think you need to emotionally prepare for it, so take your time. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said, so thank you for that tip, Sharon. Sure.
2: <laughs> um, but what we do know about this new series is that Flanagan will create it, he is also going to co-direct and executive produce the series along with his Intrepid Pictures partner, Trevor Macy, as well as Emmy Grinwiss and Michael Fimignari. Apologies if I mispronounce any <laughs> of those It looks Italian, names. you have to
1: say Fimignari.
2: <laughs> Michael Fimignari, um, Intrepid Pictures, Melinda Nishioka, also apologies if I mispronounce that, um, they will co-executor produce the project. Figmonari and Flanagan uh, will each direct four of the eight episodes. No word on when the series will be available to watch. I'm sure it's still in like early pre-production stages. Um, but in the meantime. You know, I'm still processing Midnight Mass, which I'm sure if you've all seen it, you're probably still processing that as well. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely going to have to do a rewatch at some point after Mindy watches it and hopefully we'll have a bigger discussion on it. Um, Maybe we'll make it a uh, Patreon exclusive so Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't spoil it for anyone or... Maybe it'll be nice and we'll put it on Patreon, but we'll open it up to everyone. We haven't decided yet, um, but also we have the Midnight Club due out next year, maybe as early as spring. Uh, no official date has been set yet, but we have enough to tide us over before the fall of the House of Usher comes out. So hang tight, everyone, because we get a lot more Mike Flanagan filmmaking to
0: look forward to so awesome yeah i wonder if this one will be more of a direct adaptation like of the source material because the other two um you know
1: yeah he took them in another direction
0: yeah yeah they weren't straight up adaptations it would be interesting to see (laughs) what he does with the direct one who knows but whatever
2: he gives us is going to be wonderful so
0: i was gonna say or this is the one that like is not very high attention to detail, but I don't see that ever happening with Mike Flanagan
1: because he goes no. big or goes home. Never. And if he does, we'll just call him out on it.
2: <laughs> all right, Mindy. Um, so you have some news that just came out. Um, once again, you know, the thing that sucks about tidbits is sometimes we have to record these, and by the time they actually become available for you all to listen to, it's kind of old news already, but... You know, we're hoping that a lot of you maybe haven't heard this stuff yet. Or if you have, maybe we'll have some information that you weren't aware of. So, Mindy, tell us about this next exciting news. Well, to be fair,
0: I actually hadn't heard about this, and Sharon was the one who told me. So, thanks for Sharon for telling me.
2: Well, I have to thank Nathan, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> who
2: um, I follow on instagram at the shape of horror he actually was like you've heard about this right and i was like no um so thank you nathan
0: yeah it was weird that i i found i feel like there wasn't a whole lot available yet but i think you'll understand why and what are we talking about of course the zodiac killer may have finally been identified well we'll find out this comes directly from cnn.com yahoo.com and deadline.com Law enforcement agencies said that they are still investigating the Zodiac Killer case as an independent group of cold case investigators came forward Wednesday, October 6th of this year, to claim they had solved the mystery of who is behind the decades-old serial murders, the case breakers a team of 40 former law enforcement investigators said they identified the man they believe is the Zodiac killer using new physical and forensic evidence and information from eyewitnesses, according to a press release. The group also filed court affidavits and secured decades of pictures from the man's former darkroom, Casebreaker said. They named the man in the release to be Gary Francis Post, who passed away in 2018. Um, Just as a quick refresher, in case any of you don't somehow know, the Zodiac Killer is believed to be responsible for at least five murders in Northern California from 1968 to 1969, and then much, much more, (laughs) many believe. In response to the new claims, the San Francisco Police Department confirmed to CNN that, quote, we are unable to speak to potential suspects as this is still an open investigation, unquote. The FBI, which has been supporting local law enforcement in this investigation, also did not acknowledge the claims. The Zodiac Killer case remains open. We have no new information to share at this moment, the FBI said in a statement. So nobody's saying shit, (laughs) basically. (laughs) The case breakers also said in the release that the same man is responsible for the 1966 killing of Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside County, California. While the Riverside Police Department could not comment on the man identified by the case breakers, Riverside Public Police Public Info Officer Ryan Railsback said the Zodiac killer is definitely not the person responsible for the death of Bates. Quote, the only link the Bates murder had in common with the Zodiac killer was a handwritten letter received in the mail claiming responsibility. Not much else has been said on what all the case breakers have as evidence. But in 2020, a trio of code breakers claimed to have decoded one of the Zodiac's messages, which is referred to as the 340 cipher. Do you want to know what the cipher said?
1: Yes.
0: Shut up. I want (laughs) to know. So the following was originally sent in all capital letters without any punctuation And included the misspelling of the word paradise. So this is what it said. I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner. Because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid of death because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. That was hard to read because, again, no punctuation whatsoever. Um,
1: Also,
2: paradise is spelled P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And when I saw that in there, I actually fixed them earlier. (laughs) than I realized, (laughs) oh, no, wait, it's supposed to be wrong. So I fixed it back.
0: Like a pair of dice that you play with? Get it? That's how it's spelled. Well, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Um, the FYI, the TV show that The Message refers to is the Jim Dunbar Show, a Bay Area television talk show. Uh, the cipher was sent two weeks after a person claiming to be the Zodiac Killer called into that show. So regardless, the official story to this day is that the Zodiac Killer has never been caught or identified but we'll keep our eyes out for further developments. FYI, if anyone's interested in how the cipher was decoded, check out ZodiacKillerCiphers.com, where the codebreakers have video demonstrations on how they decoded the 340 cipher that I just read very awkwardly. Um, The link will, of course, be in our show notes. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, (laughs) I have an article that I want to read titled... Couple unknowingly buy bargain house before discovering it's chilling past. Yikes. This is the perfect news story for Halloween month. This comes from The Mirror. When Danielle Witt began the hunt for her dream home with partner Ben Rocky Harris, she says the intensely competitive market felt like a contact sport, having witnessed actual fights almost break out at open houses, the couple jumped at an opportunity for a nice affordable home that they stumbled upon in Maryland. Danielle did background research on some of the building work that had been done on the property, and the couple decided to put in an offer. They said the three-bedroom house was going cheap, and it was on the market for $300 and $77,000, more than $50,000 below its value due to previous interested buyers bailing out of the deal. That is kind of a red flag to me. Right. Um, But hey, they decided to put in an offer. And a few days afterwards, they were delighted to learn that their offer had been accepted. But when Danielle decided to Google their new neighborhood to find out more about where they would be living, she screamed, in quotes, so (laughs) literally, I guess, screamed when the results popped up.
0: Anyone know where I'm going with this yet? Uh, I'm guessing death or ghosts.
2: The couple quickly discovered their new home had an infamous past as the property where a Catholic priest had performed an exorcism on a teenage boy. (gasps) And the event had inspired the 1971 novel and 1973 movie, The Exorcist. Shut up. Oh my God. Right? Can you imagine that you just bought (laughs) a house from The Exorcist? Welcome home. (laughs) An article in the Washington Post reported the exorcism that took place in 1949 with the headline Priest Freeze Mount Rainier Boy Reportedly Held in the Devil's Grip with the article stating that after 20 to 30 performances of the exorcism the devil was finally cast out of the boy it said ministers witnessed furniture sliding across the floor and the teen yelling and cursing in Latin phrases Danielle told NPR honestly the first thing I thought of was oh, God, this is going to tank our resale value. (laughs) (laughs) And the next thought I had was maybe I better rewatch that and start learning more about what it is that we just bought. Thankfully, Danielle had not been put off by their new home's haunted past, saying that she is knowledgeable about the occult and believes demons haunt people, not properties. Ben is also embracing the history, adding, I'm thinking I'm going to get a Catholic priest Halloween costume this year and get an amplified speaker and have the Exorcist soundtrack just playing on a loop on the front porch for trick-or-treaters. Wow. Own that shit. Right? That's awesome. That's probably what I would do, too. And also, I kind of want to go trick-or-treating at that house now. Yeah. That's
1: like the woman in uh, North Bend who yes. has who does the Nadine thing at her house. That's she awesome. She plays Absolutely, along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: and op- opens and shuts her curtains. Um, Danielle and Ben's new home is different from the one featured for the external shots of the house that were used in the Exorcist film, which is in nearby Washington, D.C. And although they're relaxed about its past, they aren't willing to tempt fate as Danielle turned down a friend's offer to bring over a Ouija oh. board to recreate the scene from the film. Uh, that was good thinking, Danielle. to Do right? not do that. She said, the last time someone did that, they made a movie about my house. They sound
0: awesome, actually.
2: <laughs> they really do. We, we will actually have to maybe
0: take a road trip out that way because I want to see the Amityville house. Is that yes. still there? It is, but it looks differently. They've remodeled it, so it doesn't have the iconic windows because it was too much of a giveaway and they were getting too much traffic. But My cousin used to live in New York, and he know, he's been by there before they remodeled it, so he knows where it is. We'll get the address.
2: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things on the East Coast that I want to see. But yeah, D.C. to see the Exorcist House, the real one and the one that was used in the the film, um, Amityville. And yeah, there's a few other places that I want to see out that way. But
0: wow, wow, that's easy. Oh
2: yeah. So um, I guess lesson is if you buy a house that's going for way below resale value, um, do some homework before you put an offer in.
0: Yeah, right. Like that would you're right that would be my first question what's wrong where's the catch but who
2: who who was murdered in this home and or um (laughs) you know what sort of water damage mold damage like what what is going on with
0: my house yeah exactly well best of luck
1: (laughs) i'm kind of surprised it wasn't already owned by somebody who was a big fan of the movie yeah there are people who will buy houses just because they're a fan of something
2: That is true. Like Nick Cage buying the most haunted house in New Orleans.
1: That's awesome.
0: (laughs) That's crazy and scary. Thank you, Sharon. Speaking of scary, you know what I think is scary? What? Clowns. Well, have I got a story for you. <laughs> um, I'm ge- I am genuinely shocked that more folks aren't talking about this story, um, but it's also rather appropriate for Halloween month. So I wanted to share the incident actually took place in Singapore and it was reported on by vice.com late last month. So September 2021, but it's still worth sharing. And here's the headline from the vice.com article, quote, company apologizes for sending clowns to schools and terrifying parents, unquote. This <laughs> sounds like an Onion article. Right? That's exact, that was exactly what I thought, Spencer. That's why I was like, I have to talk about this because it's not.
2: <laughs> um, and I don't know this story. I just saw the, um, the headline, Send in the Clowns, that you you had <laughs> written down. So, um, But yeah, I'm not a big fan
0: of clowns, so please tell me. Yeah, let's jump right in. So Singaporean Lean Wong panicked when she arrived to pick up her daughter, Anne, from school and received alarmed messages from other parents referring to police alerts about, quote, persons dressed as clowns seen loitering around primary schools, unquote, (laughs) as one text said. Wong was running late, and when she didn't see Anne waiting for her, she checked her phone, opened Facebook, and saw a flurry of social media posts circulating in parent groups showing pictures of men dressed up as clowns approaching children in uniform. Some messages alleged that the <laughs> Sorry. Some messages alleged that some clowns paid children to follow them. Quote what? Yeah, right. Clown? Are there any pictures of these clowns? Yeah, you can Google them, which we'll post, obviously. Um, Wong said, quote, clowns are terrifying even to adults. This is any parent's worst fear. What if they turned out to be psychopaths and murderers wanting to harm children, unquote? Or pedophiles or, oh my God, right. seriously. The it is
1: not good to be a clown right now.
0: Was it
2: ever a good time to be a clown? I mean, to be fair. Right. Besides Bozo.
1: Back in the day, I think it was pretty good.
0: Even that's arguable. The sightings took place on a Monday afternoon outside primary schools in the eastern part of the island city state, prompting a frenzied search for answers in a country with some of the lowest crime rates in the world. The Vice article said that parents were particularly on edge, get this, due to a rare but violent incident at a school just this past July, in which a 13-year-old was allegedly killed by another student with an axe.
2: My God. Or,
0: yeah. And that's a whole other story. And I, I looked briefly into that, and it's true, but I can understand how tensions would be already running high, is all I'm saying. But yeah, crazy axe murderer at a Singapore school. Back to the clowns. Singapore police said they received multiple reports about clown sightings, and one screenshot circulating on social media showed a tall man wearing clown makeup and dressed in a plaid shirt, staring down students near a bus stop outside of school. Fuck that. <laughs> so, any guesses what the deal was with the clowns, guys? Um, Were they... Was a
2: circus coming to town and they were trying to do some advertising? I don't know. That would have been a much
0: logical, much more logical explanation than what actually happened, in my opinion. Um, okay. A private education center named Speech Academy Asia stepped forward to apologize and take responsibility its director kevin tan said the clowns were part of a marketing campaign to promote speech and enrichment classes how right, right? <laughs> and here's here's their because statement because when
2: you think of um you know eloquent speaking and enrichment classes you automatically think
0: clown i know i literally this is what they had to say okay so and then we can we can dissect Quote, there was no evil intention behind the costumes and we sincerely apologize for it, Tan said. We will not do it again.
1: I want to know if Tan is a horror movie fan.
0: Right? The group (laughs) also published a public apology on its Facebook page and clarified that their employees did not offer any form of monetary rewards for children to follow them and did not take any children out of the vicinity. This is an understatement, but worst marketing campaign ever. Uh, the company's statement added, "We truly understand your concern for the safety of your children. Hence, we will be putting an immediate stop to our road shows." Do they understand, though? I wonder because that, yeah, I that's the only explanation we get from them. So I'm also wondering who's the asshole who was like, "You know what would be great way to promote our services." We could send clowns to other schools to chase kids over to our academy. What the fuck, man? Anyway, Lean Wong, the mom from the beginning of the story, was quoted saying what we're all thinking. Quote, who in the world would <laughs> Who in the world would think hiring men dressed up as clowns to confront children would be a good idea, unquote. Indeed, Uh, By the way, Wong was eventually reunited with her daughter, Anne. Thankfully, the school kept teachers and students indoors amid all the confusion. I was worried the clown got her. Well, that confusion, again, being scary-ass clowns randomly hanging around schools and school bus routes. Uh, So ultimately, no one was hurt, at least physically. Um, But this story astounded me because, let's be honest, we've all seen ads that are annoying or commercials that make no sense or sometimes barely hint at what's actually being advertised. But this has to be hands down the worst marketing idea I've literally ever seen or heard of. And I mean, I've seen some dumbass marketing campaigns in my day job, not naming any names. But when you're dealing with children, I feel like it's pretty universal that you have to proceed with caution. So forget the clown part. like just sending random dudes to hang out and try and like convince kids to come over to the speech academy in Asia. No, I like that's that's alone a bad idea. Let alone clowns. I don't know, I, but yeah, weirder things have happened. I guess
1: <laughs> it literally sounded to me like Mindy did a mic drop. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna come through the uh, mic recording. I'm out. <laughs> Mindy's out on her rant about clowns. That's
0: my hard stance on clowns, folks. I might have hit my earbuds that are plugged into the I computer. I really
1: hope the recording got it, though.
0: Um, <laughs> so I'm wondering
2: did this place go out of business? Because obviously, like, it was such a stupid idea. Like, who would even want to send their kids to enrichment classes? Like, what are they going to be enriched in?
0: Stupidity? Right. I know. I, I, I've I, not. This just happened over the summer. So I didn't go researching the company to see if they're still in business. But I find it hard to believe. I mean, they're going to have to change their name probably at totally redo everything because no one's going to want to send anybody there, I would imagine, after this.
2: Yeah.
1: They're kind of <laughs> done.
0: <laughs>
2: All right. Well, good luck to that company. Right. Um, I know interesting
1: (laughs) i mean really what was the thought process there did they not have a meeting to discuss this idea and had to be approved by probably 12 people or something
0: that's what i keep trying to think about impressive i can't it's fat it's like i can't fathom it it's kind of fascinating i don't know anyway
1: well anyway if any of those people have issues with clowns later in adult life they can they know exactly where to pinpoint (laughs) right
0: oh my god
1: It's not a laughing matter, though.
2: (laughs) No, they need to offer free therapy to to
0: those uh, children. And parents, probably, who are losing their shit.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, moving on. Let's end this episode with um, some of the movies I've been watching this month. Every year I try and do 31 Days of Horror, and I am on number 10 so far.
1: After nine days.
2: After nine days, I I'm going to be doing a, a little bit of traveling this month. So I got to kind of double up on some of these days here so I can get all at least all 31 in um, every year. I try and do movies that I've never seen before. So all these films are first watches for me. I'll just go in order. Uh, started with Slumber Party Masquerade. 2. <laughs> this
1: is yeah, this is in order. First movie <laughs> start off October.
2: I it just, you know. I I had to watch it. I was listening to uh, the Who's There, a podcast about horror fans. Uh, Allison, the host of the show, she was talking to a guest and they were talking about Slumber Party Massacre 2. And I was very, very intrigued. I do like the first one a lot. And I heard that this one was just like balls to the wall, like just wild and out there. So, (laughs) um, yeah, it did not disappoint for sure. Anyone who listens to the show regularly knows that I love my cheesy 80s horror movies, and this is right up there with the best of them. The uh, The story follows the first film, but it is completely different than the first film. It follows one of the survivors of the first film, but it's played by a different actress. It's played by actress Crystal Bernard from the TV show Wings. Oh. And it's the killer is a um, like Elvis Presley type rockabilly oh. musician who sings these kind of like swoony oh uh, ballads, and he has a, a drill on the top of his guitar that he uses to kill his victims and it's is he real is he a ghost why is this the killer there's i have so many questions but <laughs> after the movie was over spencer said and i quote this is the greatest movie i've ever
1: seen end quote. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is it is it is kind of amazing it's i don't know um it knows what it's doing. It's, take, it's making fun of itself and all of those movies. You know, this movie is... If it were made seriously, it wouldn't have ever been made because it, that's how ridiculous it is. And the lines that people say. So, it has to be made on purpose as a statement. Now... I think the first one was kind of like that, and I think it probably did a better job. I honestly don't really remember it that well, but this movie was uh, just ridiculous fun, and that's really all it's supposed to be. I do actually have a story about this movie,
0: Uh
1: which I didn't even know what my story was about until we saw this movie, or which movie it was, and that was the whole point. I had been trying to find a movie Based on one scene that I saw, literally a 10 second scene, I had seen when I was a kid on some talk show, the host was asking the actress or they said, oh, this was your first role. Um, oh. And they showed a clip of this woman's first role and it was the scene with the pimple. If you've Ew. seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. So I had been wondering where this movie... What movie was this that had this scene? And I could not find it. For years, I was trying to find it because I, th- I wanted to see what ridiculousness this was. But the other thing was, I actually thought it was Julia Louise Dreyfus who was the actress. So I had missed. Oh. <laughs> rem- but could, can you imagine if she was in that role?
2: Interesting. Yep, anyway. De- she is definitely not in this movie. Um, but yeah, great fun. If you love cheesy 80s horror... Definitely check this out if you've never seen it.
1: There's a lot of metaphors going on. Uh,
2: it's definitely, yeah, it's it's a satire for sure. Uh, the next movie I saw is Jug Face, which is the the perfect length for a horror movie. Um, it was less than an hour and a half. Oh. It's what I would call hillbilly horror. Um, <laughs> it was very strange. And um, yeah, it was kind of like a... Uh, creepy folk tale um, involving these people who you know they're they're kind of um, isolated living in the woods they have their own little community and they have this well that they have to make sacrifices to and uh, this man who lives with them he makes these jugs and He doesn't really, I think, I'm trying to remember all this now. Um, He doesn't really remember making the jugs, but when he makes them, the jugs will have a face on them, and that face is the next person in the community that they have to sacrifice to this well. Oh, shit. Or or
0: the well will just start killing people randomly. What? It's interesting. So So he's
1: being possessed to make the faces on these jugs?
0: Yes, this has popped up on my like you should watch this list quite a bit and so I was really curious about it when you said you'd watched it. Do you would you recommend it or was it Yeah. Okay.
2: It's you know it it wasn't my favorite but I definitely think it's worth a watch. It's different and it's interesting and um like I said it's you know a pretty short film so uh it's definitely something you can um you know watch if you don't have a ton of time uh next up on the list number three uh-huh. freddie versus jason finally sat down and watched it and oh, you know what this was horrible i love <laughs> shitty horror movies but this one i was bored and oh. i was expecting a lot more fighting between Freddy and Jason yeah. and it wasn't until like the end of the film where they really like got down and dirty with each other.
0: <laughs> Aw, that's disappointing. I was, dis- Wait, I was is disappointed. There,
1: is there fan fiction of Freddy and Jason getting down? There, prob- there must be. Oh, right? I'm sure there's tons. <laughs> oh boy.
2: Uh, number four, a newer film, which I won't say a lot about because we will cover this at the end of the year in our 2021 horror movie roundup uh-huh. that I watched, Bingo Hell. Um, It was a fun film. Okay. Like I said, we'll get into it more later uh, in a future episode. Number five, The Clove Hitch Killer, which is basically kind of a reimagining of BTK. Very similar to BTK, but um, altered a bit. But I liked it. It was, um, you know, a good serial killer film if you're into that. Not very gory, but... um, a lot of tension and uh, very well acted. Uh, number six, There's Someone Inside Your House,
0: which just came out on Netflix yeah, this and week. This is the one I have the book of.
2: Yes, yes. Actually, okay, so this is another one we'll be covering in a future episode on our 2021 uh, horror movie roundup. And I'm curious, after you watch this, Mindy, yeah. to hear how it compares to the book. I uh, I thought this one started out strong, and it reminded me a lot of, like, a modern-day scream. Yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the ending, though, so I want to hear how it ended in the book.
0: Kind of the same way, honestly. (laughs) Like, the book started out... Oh, did you watch this? No, 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 no. But the book started out strong and then kind of petered a little bit. So, But I just added it to my list because it just came out, so... Cool. Cool. Good to know. Uh,
2: Number seven, I watched Picnic at Hanging Rock, which is a lot different than I thought it would be. Which one it did was, you watch? I watched the one that was made in 1975, I cool. think it came out. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. It was very beautiful. I mean the whole movie kind of looked like a Victorian a Victorian painting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was creepy. I wouldn't actually call it a horror movie. Yeah. It was more of a, a mystery. But You know, I'm glad I finally watched it because we we mentioned this in our Valentine's episode, I think earlier this year, um, because it takes place on Valentine's Day. Uh, Next up at number eight, we watched The Voices finally, um, which I I don't know why I've been putting this one off for a while. But oh, my God, I forgot about it. This movie is so good. Ryan Reynolds, Anna Kendrick, um, serial killer who's cat and dog. Both talk to him. The cat's like the devil on his shoulder. The dog is like the angel on his shoulder. Uh-huh. It's described on IMDb as a, like a, a comedy, a horror, a drama, a love story. Wait,
1: wait. I can read literally what the Just Watch app says. Oh, there we go. Dude, this was the funniest thing when I read it. Fantasy, horror, romance, mystery, thriller, drama, comedy, crime.
0: Just- With a musical number at the end. So it, like, literally covers all bases.
1: <laughs> right. And it even had an animated opening title sequence. Holy
0: shit. Wow.
2: It was fucking great. If you haven't seen The Voices, definitely watch The Voices.
1: The rating is kind of low, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it is yeah, just, just watch it.
0: I've been putting it off, too, for some reason. But, okay, now you've convinced me. Uh,
2: number nine. We watched Angel for the first time, which is another serial killer film. And... This was on Joe Bob Briggs' Halloween Hoedown. If you listen to uh, one of our previous episodes from, I think it was our tidbits in September, when I took a a stab at guessing what his films would be for Halloween Hoedown, I I was totally wrong. I guessed House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, but it was Angel followed by Terror Train. Angel was a first watch for me, And I honestly never even heard of it. I love this movie so much, though. wow. It is... They they were calling it an exploitation film, which it was... It had, like, a lot of elements of that, but I also thought it was, like, pretty dramatic and well-written and well-acted. And, like, I just love this movie. I kind of want to rewatch it, but not, you know, in that format of, like, Joe Bob's... Broken up. for yeah all broken up. I just kinda wanna watch it all in uh one sitting. And um yeah, great film. If you haven't seen it, check out Angel. Uh finally I just watched this last night. Ghost Stories. Um
1: wait, can we be honest for a second? You had to finish it this morning.
2: Okay. Yeah. I started it pretty late last night and we had a long day. <laughs> so I watched the last twenty minutes this morning. Um uh, but is this it the was,
0: British one with the well, I don't want to say too much, but with... Yes, the okay. British
2: one with Martin
0: Freeman. Yeah, I own this, actually. Oh, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought oh, the okay. Blu-ray. I like it.
2: I like it a lot. The um yeah. the first two ghost stories were really scary. Like, I've been waiting for a while to watch another ghost story movie or paranormal movie that um kind of had the same scares and tension that i experienced watching you know the conjuring and the conjuring 2 and this delivered um the ending was a lot different than i was expecting <laughs> um yeah. i won't really go into it but yeah. i you know would totally watch it just for the first two ghost stories alone because uh they were really really good they delivered
1: is it an anthology
2: yep no it's not an anthology it is about a guy who well, investigates paranormal stories
0: because he tries right. to debunk them. Mm-hmm. It's kind and, of an anthology, though. Not... I mean, because it does have, like, the different... The but different there's, a, stories there's a thread. A, yeah, there's a thread. Throughout yeah. of all... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like a bigger thread than, like, a VHS type of movie.
0: Yes, which I just watched the new VHS movie last night, and I You're just, welcome for that segue. <laughs> I, I just... I I... I obviously, we'll talk about this at the end of the year, but I'm kind of like, what? why does this series exist again? Like, cause
2: Yeah, I'm not a fan
0: of the first VHS. I think out of all
2: of them, there was only one story that I liked, and I hadn't seen the second
0: one. I have, um, and I literally don't remember it. But I was like, I said to the person I was watching it with, I was like, I, I don't... There's, there's just like no through line at all. Like, these are just vhs stories that we're watching i, I,
1: I the, the the novelty of the whole thing has worn away i feel
0: well i, I find the whole um franchise kind of confusing because yeah there's no i don't understand what these tapes are and why we should care i guess
1: mm-hmm. yeah there's, it's just excuses for people to be able to you know make shorts horror shorts and practice their craft and yeah i mean it's it's an interesting concept and it's good for that. But yeah, there's always like one that's really good and the other ones are just like, eh, okay. But it, I think it's a really good thing for young filmmakers, especially.
0: That's true. That's a good point. And this one's, I'll just say it's interesting. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not the biggest fan footage person and I've not heard good things about it outside of your <laughs> review of it. So I think I'm going to pass on this one.
0: Um Sorry, But yeah, guys.
2: thanks for confirming that it's... You
0: know, and it was great. like a New York Times pick of the week or something, too. It was a w- slow
2: week.
1: <laughs> it's all relative, isn't it? I
0: guess. Jesus. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe someone will like it. If you like it, feel free to write us and tell us what you like about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Well, I have twenty one more movies to watch to hit tonight? my goal. Not tonight, but to hit my tonight. goal for the month. So, yeah, if you have any recommendations of films for me to watch, send them my way. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send us an email at whores talk horror at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening to us. Um, and you know, as always, you can write to us with any episode ideas, any ghost stories, true crime stories, creepy stories. If you know who the Zodiac killer really is, (laughs) let us know, you know, before the FBI, um, because obviously we're more important. Right. I'm just kidding. Um, That's true. But yeah, if you've ever moved into a house that had a film made after it because
0: (laughs) and a book made after it
2: yeah let us know
0: um Um, please also subscribe to us rate and review us on whatever your streaming platform of choice happens to be because it does help us get more exposure which helps us to keep doing the show and we like that um if you're able to please join our patreon and get early access to episodes see exclusive posts and maybe even get some cool shit via carrier pigeon or you know the post office um please be kind to each other be safe and as always thanks thanks for for getting getting creepy creepy with us
2: sharon you want a beer
1: Uh. oh my god